Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Crispy Cast. I'm your co-host, Christopher Bernard. Here is our other co-host. It's Jody Cameron again. And today we're starting with Joel Miller from The Last of Us, or as you guys may know him as Father Papa Pedro Pascal. (laughs) But we're going to be sticking to the game reference for the most part. So, Troy Baker. I think it's voicism. Yeah, he was uh, apparently instrumental in the development of the character past the writing phase. Like, his, his... characterization and acting really kind of added another layer of kind of uh, I, I think emotional authenticity and and yeah like human complexity to Joel they also uh, got to uh, he was able to be in the show and so was Ellie just not as uh, the respected characters uh, the voice actor of Ellie played her mother who we never got to see in the game uh, who had a brief uh, scene in I think it was the last episode or second last episode. And that was really cool to see because, well, obviously, uh, she might be a voice actor, but, like, that's just her voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? She didn't have to deep dive alter it. It was mostly just a lot of cussing behind her her voice. That's very cool. <laughs> and what about Troy Baker? I, uh, I haven't watched this uh, series. Uh, he plays in it one of... So in the, in the first game, there's, like, the religious um, sex offender cannibals. Yes, no, they're they're quite, that's quite a plot arc. I First like of all, that. that was a brilliantly, uh, I don't know if you want to call it twistedly evil genius uh, in an apocalyptic setting. Give a guy who would be a convicted, I believe, I don't know if he counts as a pedophile, rapist, sex offender, or all of the above, because like they don't really break down his jail sentence. But basically, he gets out and then chooses to herd people. Him being like the like the the father, the preacher. And then anyone that disagrees with him, or anyone who's taken advantage of it, if they don't like it, he just goes, you're on the menu tonight. <laughs> so since everyone looks up to him to be the provider, and he's been the, their counsel, he's kind of given himself the perfect position. Now, Troy Baker, the voice of um, Joel, in the show gets to be his like right hand, who's kind of on the fence. not Not super on the fence, but like... It, but it was nice to hear uh, just the original Joel's voice uh, because, like, Pedro Pascal does a great job at giving... He, he They couldn't have picked anyone better to play Joel in a live-action sense because uh, Troy doesn't really have the same gruffy look that uh Yeah, he doesn't Joel have the, the physicality. He doesn't look like him. But, like, oh, that, that classic Joel voice is magnifique. Uh, but anyway, let's... Uh, we may as well start off at the... I guess the start. <laughs> Well, the beginning of when we meet Joel. Yeah, because when the game starts, you play as his daughter, whose name escapes me. But uh, anyway, and Joel's uh, Joel goes off to get his brother from a bar fight. He's in jail. The daughter passes out. He doesn't even let her know she's gone. He says, like, I'll be back way before she wakes up. So he takes off, and you're wandering around. Uh, the news is going crazy with the, the apocalypse. And she's like, what the heck is going on? And uh, by the time you kind of realize that things aren't right Joel busts in with his brother Tommy and you guys hop in the truck and take off and uh, I believe I don't know if they both have military backgrounds but I know Tommy does and they and basically they they go off because Joel's a carpenter him and his brother do it together they take off and try to get 
it, like I get it, wherever safe could safe could be. They think it's only happening in the states. I think they were talking about going to Mexico or something like that. And uh, Joel gets attacked. Joel's truck gets rammed, and then they're now on foot. They get separated from Tommy, and while they're running, uh, they get stopped by the army. And the army doesn't know what to do with them, so he asks his squadron, and they're just like, shoot on sight. And Joel's daughter gets murked. Joel gets injured. And uh, then it kind of jumps to, I think, 20 years later in the apocalypse, where he's now a tradesman. Uh, he kind of does all these dirt end jobs, but on the down low, he does like illegal transporting of the odd job for some quick, quick cash. And it's just all about scoring big. And his brother and him have gone their separate ways. The characters, the the writing, the plot, the the context of this, it it all feels a little bit like um, something written by Cormac McCarthy. I don't know if you've read The Road, but if you if you haven't, it, it's a novel that's well worth reading. The movie um, was also phenomenal. I'm trying to remember who was in it. Uh, Strider from uh, Lord of the Rings. Like I don't consider myself a huge zombie. Like, if, if a new zombie movie came out, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> you know, the, the the art of seeing people survive is always exciting. Even if, like, because, you know, the thrill, like, what would the what would you do vibes. But Last of Us, I don't find, has that same characteristic. Like, I got bored really quick with The Walking Dead because they're impending doom. It didn't seem like they could hold a civilization together long enough before it got tore apart by other people's need for power or, like, you know, things running thin. But in The Last of Us, it was different. There was a bunch of different factions that built communities. Everyone knew that zombie, like the, the fungus, wasn't going anywhere. But that you weren't, like in The Walking Dead, if you died, you just turned. Like it came out that everyone's infected. It's just if you get bit, it activates the infection. But if you die naturally, you still turn. There doesn't seem to be any hope. Exactly. There's no There's no reason to grow old. <laughs> it's just like... Well, let's talk about hope. And let's... It's Viggo Mortensen who was in uh, The Road. At, and that's a story of a father and and son who are... I mean, at its, at its kind of very basic level, it's a journey. They are on the road trying to find safety and shelter and survive what is an apocalyptic uh, ba- wasteland. There's not much description of exactly what happened, but you you get the idea that there's been some sort of like world changing event. What I can say about The Last of Us and how it differs from other uh, apocalyptic plots and and zombie films is that you're right the the idea of the fungus and and the way it spreads and the way it infects humans is is very different than zombie infection, and it's very different than like a uh, post apocalyptic nuclear event right like like fallout where where you know it's uh where it mutates random creatures or uh causes certain areas to be completely uninhabitable that's not the case with the last of us the world is still essentially livable um and the enemies are humanity but only selectively and there seems to be some hope that there could be a cure or a way to stop it and that very much is personified by Ellie, right? The, she she is immune. She was bitten, but did not turn. And Joel, uh, when when meeting her, is presented with an opportunity uh, from a business standpoint to transport her, but also from like the very human need. Uh, when you meet him twenty years after his daughter is is murdered during 
the attempted containment of 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 the plague or contagion by the 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 military you know he he's he's left with nothing like what does he have to live for so ellie becomes his kind of de facto reason to live uh his surrogate daughter right he becomes a father again slowly the question really for me is what motivates him and 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 if you think of him as the protagonist of the last of us he is he's the pivotal main character is he is he a hero is he a villain is he neither when they are on the road and before they're rammed and and before they have to go on foot and and sadly the you know the the soldiers kill his daughter they're presented with an opportunity to save others that are on the road they see another group traveling and his brother's like man we got to stop and and uh, his daughter says the same yeah we got to stop we got to help these people and Joel's like no way you are more important to me than them they are an unknown entity they are a risk i am selfishly choosing you to be more important we continue we do not stop and that is not a choice that's either right or wrong or good or bad it might be the best choice for their survival but it shows that his compassion for a stranger is thoroughly outweighed by his feelings of importance for the survival of his family a, 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 what you would call a strategic and selfish choice and one that may be very justified one that you might make as well so i feel like that complexity and that quote unquote selfishness is what informs that character throughout the entire game I definitely wouldn't put him anywhere near the hero category. I wouldn't put him in the villain category. I'd probably give him like a, a subclass anti-hero protector. Well, you talk about that 20 years that passed between the the death of his daughter and uh, us taking up the plot where he he's hired by the Fireflies to deliver uh, Ellie, who could potentially hold the key to a cure to the contagion. What's he done for 20 years? His brother indicates that they've done some pretty horrible things to survive and his brother without any question is he has regrets he feels that that many of the things they resorted to to survive were not worth it they get attacked at one point completely ambushed by a whole uh contingent of criminal folks who likely will loot and just murder them and joel's like you know what i did this right this is something that that I, that i did um so you don't ever get to see him commit those kind of acts but you're aware that he's done some regrettable things even if he doesn't personally regret them and so yeah there's there's a real darkness there like he i think the naughty dog guy said that he at square one he's a character who has very few lines left across right so like in order to survive he's basically done anything you might imagine to get there and that's 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 quite a hero right <laughs> Well, the the stone cold part of him is some of my favorite. The ruthlessness. Yes. Uh, well, like as you see in the start of the game, when they're like, "We should help them," and he says, "Absolutely not." He, there's not a hesitation. Nope. And it's 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 almost like he completely shuts off his humanity because he's like, "You guys have to, you have to be okay. If you're cool, if my brother's okay, that's awesome too." But like he he goes totally singular. And it's like that you get to see it, like, especially uh, when you fast forward right to the end of the game, someone who cared for Ellie, 
who was getting ready to turn Ellie into a science experiment to bring about the cure of humanity. He shoots her and she goes, please spare me. And he goes, all you would do is come after us again. And he domes her just, just ends her right there. Like there's no, like he could have the, the, the moral thing to do is he just wanted to get her safe, but it wasn't enough to get her safely away. He has to make sure that all ends are cut off. There's no loose ends remaining because he does he doesn't want a future problem. He's like this is the apocalypse. Everyone's out for themselves. Why should I be any different? We'll help people who we can help. But at the end of the day, I could help you change uh we can go get medicine for you. But the second your life interferes with mine, you're done. We're not we could be friends for 20 years, but family first. And you see this demonstrated when they they meet the the other couple of survivors. There's the young boy Sam. That, that Ellie befriends very quickly. Yeah, and Henry. And, and, and his father. And uh, there is a moment where Henry has to choose. Uh, oh, that was his uh, older brother. What's that? Uh, oh, was it his, oh, his yeah, it wasn't his father. Yeah, you're right. I, for some reason, the, because he he's in the role of a protector, I, I uh, forgot. You're right, he's the older brother. But he chooses Sam, and Joel is unimpressed. There's a moment where Joel very nearly kills Henry because Henry has shown kind of the same selfishness in choosing to preserve Sam's life over these newfound allies. And it's a for me it's a different scenario than the strangers on the road, but it's very similar. It's close enough that you're given an opportunity to see uh Joel on the receiving end of someone else's likewise justifiable selfishness for survival that at that point, because you're playing as that protagonist, you get to feel that too. So I think that's really interesting. You talk about the, the finale of this game, and it's a big spoiler. Clearly, we hope that you've played it, watched the TV show, <laughs> maybe played the second one. But it's, it is such an important place that you arrive at that the discovery... The, the big discovery is that Ellie if she is going to be some sort of hope for humanity and they're going to recover some kind of a cure from her, that the surgeons who are employed with the fireflies, they have to, they have to, like you said, perform an experiment from which there's no return. Ellie will not survive this. It, it involves, I think, cutting her brain. Yeah, like taking some sort of brain cells or something. Uh, and it's it's one of those moments where you realize that Joel has been delivering her to her death unknowingly. And as he's been doing this, he's been growing closer and closer to her and more selfishly involved with her survival. There, are, There's a moment where if you were given complete autonomy in this game, you would have to choose whether or not you save her life or you save humanity. Now, there is the question whether or not it would be 100% cure. It's not. It's an experiment. Like, will they succeed? We don't know. But it's a chance to save humanity. And he has to balance that against, well, now his his own selfish reality, which is that he loves her and that he can't really survive without her. Like, he's he's defined by her existence and her survival. So you go back to the cannibal scene. And what are they doing, right? They're they're willing to sacrifice someone for for a foodstuff, right? Even though he is a rapist and a murderer, that that fellow 
he's really about keeping his little family surviving. And if, if doing that requires them to eat others, that's a sacrifice that, that he's more than willing to have you make. And he says to Ellie, how am I any different than you? How many men have you killed on the way here? And she's like, well, it's, it's different. And he's like, I say that it, it isn't. And I think at that very moment at the end where Joel has to make the decision, he makes a very selfish decision. I mean, he kills those surgeons. He kills everybody. Right? He kills, he kills everybody. <laughs> and I think that's a really heavy moment, right? Where, where you realize that at the beginning of the game, he refused to help these others. Now it's all of humanity. He's just like, you know what? It's me and Ellie. Humanity can suck it. For a chance to save them, it's not worth it. I won't do it. Let's say it were a 100% chance that the experiment with Ellie would succeed. What, what we do know is that nobody ever gives her the choice. the choice. Like, her agency is removed. She never is told what the result of the surgery will be, and she's never asked if, it, if it's something that she would choose. Um, in fact, Joel uh, never asks what she wants, right? So everyone who would use her for whatever purpose leaves her completely out of the decision. But the final scene in that game that I think is the emotional climax is when she says to Joel, you know, what happened back there? Can you be straight with me? Tell me that everything you've told me is 100% true. Because she doesn't believe it. In her heart of hearts, she knows that there's something more. And she starts that whole conversation by saying to him, you know what? I started this journey with a friend. And we were both bitten. And we decided we would die together. And I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for my turn to die. She would have given herself up. She would have sacrificed herself. She was ready to have a meaningful death. And he took that from her. And it might be the most selfish act I've ever seen in any film, in any video game. And he lies to her. He, he completely throws the relationship away so that he can continue to have her. It's a tremendous moment. I felt very betrayed. But, of course, it was also very satisfying from, from a, a story perspective. So I'm like, you know, 10 out of 10. <laughs> like, he is a piece of work. Is he actually a villain in that moment where he chooses simply his own selfish needs and desires by lying to her, stealing her agency, taking from her the one chance to have a meaningful death, the one thing that she truly desires, just to keep her for himself. So would that maybe flip the switch, and instead of anti-hero, actually anti-villain? Well, isn't the anti-villain more like he does? He only does evil things to benefit himself. You know what I mean? Because like, like he's not fully evil. It's just he will do the darker path um, to be basically selfish or greedy. Which, in his senses, he found his his daughter his daughter again. Someone uh, that he's a life that he misses so much. Probably something that reminds him greatly of, of, you know, the life that he never got to fully live. And you see it in the second game. He tries very desperately in the very short time. Spoiler alerts for people waiting for season two of the show. Uh, uh, before his untimely death, um, he tries very hard um, to rebuild that relationship. Hey, let, I told you I'd teach you how to play guitar. Uh, you know, some boy gets in her face 
for being into girls. And Joel, you know, lays him flat and she freaks at him. And not because she's mad at him for helping her, but because she's pissed at him because she knows that he lied. Yeah. And then it's revealed in the game later that when she's like a couple years after, she's probably around 15 at this point, and they're by themselves, and Tommy has convinced Joel to come clean. Right. Because he didn't like that he had to keep it, but it wasn't his place to say nothing. Yes. And Joel finally tells her, and she's fucking furious. Which is rightfully so, because Joel could have been living in a zombie-free world. No more infection. And but to him it's not worth it. He's already lived twenty years in this world. He's surviving. He's thriving. <laughs> he's doing what he does best: cracking heads and taking names. <laughs> he wants his girl to be there. And let's for a moment take a look at it and contrast and compare it to The Walking Dead, where Lee has a moment where he's able to redeem himself. The Walking Dead Telltale series. Yes, there is a moment where in his plot arc where he gets to redeem himself. Joel never gets this chance. He might even hint that he wants to redeem himself. But he's murdered with a golf club before he even gets close. And so for me, from a writing perspective, you want to know controversial and difficult on the fans? People were upset. I dropped that game like a hot rock because I had to go emotionally process yeah, I did too. what happened. And now that I've given more thought to Joel as a character, especially from the context of the entire plot of the first, I feel like it, it is a reasonable way for him to go for two reasons. One is his plot arc was done. Like, what else could you do with him except to give him redemption? But to have him denied it is just like a special kind of piece of ironic karma where because of his selfishness, he doesn't deserve it. He's done so many things right from a like the perspective of preserving her life and acting as a father figure, but he's done it so much for himself that ultimately, I mean, that's all he gets. Right, He doesn't get to be forgiven. He doesn't get to redeem himself. He doesn't save the world. He dies in a degrading, humiliating, and violent way. And guess what? That's life. <laughs> I liked how he doesn't... Uh, like, even though Ellie's in the room, he almost like doesn't even register it. Like, when he's in his final moments, there's just the... Uh, like, she's literally blown out both his knees with a shotgun and is brutally beating beaten for let's just say at least a few hours with the club torturing him for him killing uh abby's father who was the head surgeon that he killed to save ellie and he just looks her in the face and you know before he gets killed he says let's just get this over with you know he's at, at this point in the game i think he was close to 60 years old because it he's 33 i think when the outbreak happened and then 20 years jumps he's 53 years old he does his campaign and i think that's like five or six years go by in the second game might only be three but anyway he's like mid to late 50s like he's lucky to be alive and the freaking the shape this man's in and i like the way they they killed him for one reason joel his reputation is like you know he's a monster yeah, he, he can take you. Like, there's no way. Like, if, if she would have just been like, come out here and fight me like a man, like, she would have got decimated. Like, Joel is a, is a stone-cold killer. Like, they had to catch him off guard with, you know, she's inconveniently being chased by zombies, runs into Joel and uh, Tommy, who's also being chased by zombies. So they work together, which builds a temporary moment of trust. Mm -hmm. And when she realizes who they just helped, it flips it. So he had no time to react he was caught off guard thinking that, you know, we found some good people. 
uh, that want to bring back to Jackson. It's the ultimate sucker punch. Exactly, because it had to happen this way, because Joel and Tommy, even together, like, they're just, they're such a destructive force. So to have him caught so off guard, and it wasn't even that his guard was dropped, like, it was just, uh, it was, it was the only way it could happen, and it was so, it didn't feel cheated. No, it, it, like, it, it felt like this was, this was the way it had to happen. It's some precision writing. Do you feel like maybe in the way he responded and the words, like kind of his last words and his attitude were that maybe I deserve this? Yeah, you can see it on his face. Like he knew he had it coming. And I don't know because there's no, they don't show a buildup of dialogue between the two of them. It's just raw anger. So you don't know if Abby goes, you killed my father. You did this. Like you don't see, there's no, there's no dial. It's left to the imagination, right? That's right. She so, executes and yeah, he dies. Like there's an explosion. He gets captured. She says, I'm going to enjoy this. And we have no idea what their last conversation was. We don't know if, if Abby was like, you remember that surgeon you killed? Well, that was my dad. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, it, it was such an explosion of aggression. It's more realistic to have a human simply act rather than do all this exactly like, the explaining like the the, the arch villain with the, their exposition giving james bond time to escape <laughs> that doesn't exist in real life right yeah so it, it was it was uh but i mean it's almost like you see it in your head you know that you know she must have told him a thousand times in her head how it went down mm-hmm. and then the game turns around fantastically by uh, splitting it up between ellie and abby by the end of it you don't actually hate her anymore in fact you know that she's just really sad that she lost her father and the revenge with her, um, it didn't make her feel any better, but it then started her own upward spiral. She wanted to repent. She even actually, I think, feels bad near the end of the game about killing Joel. Not because he didn't deserve it, but because the her the outcome of her actions, all her friends slowly get killed off, and then, like, you know, her life's being twisted even more than it was before. Like, it's almost, well, it's like they say, if you're going to go for revenge, dig two graves. <laughs> What I really appreciate about Joel as a character is that complexity and subtlety and, 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 and the fact that he is so human, that he is so driven by his own desire, this, this kind of selfish need to, to be needed and wanted and, and to be that father and protector. It's the one thing he's robbed of in the beginning, and when he, when he achieves it again, he like I said, at the peril of the human race, will not let go of that. That, like, that is, I think we can all identify with that in some way. And that his death in the second game is so meaningful and so final and so... It's, it is absolutely appropriate. And you don't always get deaths that have that impact. You know, you see so many writers screw it up or, or you know, this, like, oh, we brought him back! Ellie cured the fungus and found a way to revive the dead. You know, like that kind of crap. None of that. We, yeah. we, I, I think it's it's a fantastically difficult way to um, end a character that resonated and and well, I felt I felt all the feels. But then its importance in driving the other characters to make that plot move forward. It, it's it's incredible. Some of the best writing in interactive media. Oh, definitely! Like, I, like even talking about this, I'm just like, I'm still so sad that they took my sweet baby Joel from me. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It was very tough. <laughs> and even though it was totally justified, <laughs> and meanwhile, like he was a Cold Stone killer, and yet you have this, this love for him, right? 
Well, I think it's just because when you think about it, you'd like to think. I mean, I know, I like especially the relationship he had with Joel and Tommy, like the two of them. I know for myself, I would like to think that I would be a stone cold. Um, if it was between my brother's survival mm-hmm. and anyone else, like that's just how I feel now. The reality of it—it's hard to say because I find myself a very compassionate person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could be as stone cold as Joel. Joel, I think, is not the ideal person, but I think he's that what people hope they would become for their family's sake inside themselves. What needs to be, not what should be, but what needs to be in a moment of crisis and survival. So if we talk about rating this character, like you think of all the video game characters that have been brought to screen, whether it's TV or movies, and you think about how many ways they've goofed it up or it's been just a bad idea. They kind of, that should have stayed on the page. Joel is the, is the best example of a character that was so well written that by bringing it to a wider audience, uh, it's just... It would be very difficult for them to screw it up if they just took care, and they did. I think he is the, he is the character of our time, right? It feels like the end of the world. Like COVID, war, chat GPT, it feels like the end of the world. You can totally identify with Joel's choice to, at all costs, preserve what he sees as family and important. I, I think he... like infinite out of 10 for identifiable and impactful character like a joy to have experienced especially in his death and it hurts me to say it yeah i definitely feel the same way it's hard to think of a better character uh with such rich development and he that we only get him for one game and the start of another one and he has such an impact and keep in mind the first game and second game, their release dates are nowhere as close. The first game came out on the freaking PS3. The second game didn't come out until after much later than the PS5 was released. It almost <laughs> feels like Joel has lived in our hearts, right? And so you you don't think that he has an end, right? He's an endless character for you. Uh, thank goodness we can go back and rewatch the television series and replay these games to have him over and over. To bring him back one more time. Yeah. <laughs> I am the proud writer-creator of The Legend of Creature, which you can see some little tidbits on my Instagram, which is crispycomics, which is K-R-I-S dot B-comics, on Instagram and Facebook. And I guess we'll see you in the next episode. Ta-ta for now. Bye.